0: Well hello and good morning. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, happy to be with you as always on this Thursday, May 4th. It's uh, it's a good day. If you know that song by Dave Brubeck, Take 5, it's a good day for that because today is five four and that's the time signature enough of the corny musician jokes let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen oh jesus through the immaculate heart of mary i offer you my prayers works joys and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. We uh, rebuke him, we humbly pray. And may thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, once again, good morning. That's what happens when you try to do things without your uh, prayer card in front of you As you make a mistake in the prayers, and luckily we, we made it through that. But, you know, I tell people all the time when I go out in the community, whether it's giving a talk in a parish or going to an event and meeting listeners, I say, here, take take this card of prayers and, and use it without shame, you know, because I'd rather get the prayer right than, you know, have the pride of saying, I'm going to get the prayer right and then make a mistake. It's no shame in using a card to pray. <laughs> Today on the show, we're going to be talking with Corey Grizzle about contraception. It's a difficult topic, but it's one we need to talk about. Um, you know, in and, and some ways it, it is, in some ways it isn't. We'll talk more about that later. And then uh, Doug Barry's with us again to continue talking about Marian apparitions. For our radio listeners, we have two homilies for you. One on the need to practice mortification, even in the season of Easter, and one on the mark of the beast. So, well, you'll just have to stay tuned for those. In the meantime, let's go to Mike Roberts for a look at the upcoming weather.
1: Today is the feast day of St. Antonina of Nicaea. Born in Nicaea in 284, Antonina, at a young age, decided to give her life to the Lord. This was during the reign of Diocletian, who was intent on increasing the number of native-born Roman citizens. In fact, Diocletian mandated that all women marry and made it a crime for any woman to intentionally choose celibacy. When Antonina refused to renounce her faith and her chastity, she was sent to a brothel. However, a young Christian named Alexander pretended to be a customer, but instead switched clothes with her, allowing Antonina to escape. But Alexander was discovered, and they were both arrested. Brutally tortured over a two-day period on red-hot irons and torn with hooks, Antonina was then tossed into the sea, becoming a martyr on this day in 305. St. Antonina, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are continuing our conversations with Doug Barry here on Covenant Network about Marian apparitions of the past 100 years. And Doug, today we're talking about an apparition that I did not know about until you and I started planning out these conversations, Cuapa, Nicaragua. So what can you tell us about this apparition? Yeah, this is one
2: of those apparitions, again, out of left field. I didn't know anything about it. Again, approved by the church. I was talking about Marian apparitions in general, and a priest friend of mine who's from Nicaragua brought it to my attention. He said, Doug, you need to check this one out. This one is legitimate. Kind of earth-shaking if you think about it. I said, okay, looked into it. You've got a man named Bernardo Martinez, and he's helping out at the church at different times. And it's a small village-type area. You know, Quapa is not big metropolis and so forth. And, and he sees one night, it's in April of 1980, he sees light coming from the church, and he thinks some of the women may have left the light on the church from their prayer group and such. And so he goes in there, shuts it, there's no lights on when he gets there. What he finds eventually is that there's this statue of the Blessed Mother that's radiating light. So it starts with this statue of the blessed another radiating light she's he's amazed by this then by may 8th the first apparition begins now our lady again because of our time here i'll keep this relatively short sums up that she's coming to him talking about the need for people to pray and convert here's this running theme that's been going since fatima very powerfully since fatima the world is in a different place now than it ever has been historically We've had ups and downs, we've had battles and wars, but there's something different about where we are now because the potential of our, call it global conflicts, can be literally globally devastating on a whole nother scale. And in addition to that, you've got AI, some artificial intelligence, transhumanism, all these types of things that have been very, very well documented. This is not being hidden anymore. So it's a different time now. So back in 1980, when Our Lady appears, which isn't that long ago when you consider what has happened over this amount of time, she makes very clear man still needs to recognize the importance of conversion, praying the rosary, and so forth. Long story short of all this is Our Lady comes several times. The last apparition is October 13. Once again, anniversary of the miracle of the sun in Fatima, October 13. This is not coincidence. This is one of these things where in heaven... I would jokingly say in talks, imagine the Blessed Mother turns to Jesus after the apparition. Wait, son, when did we do the miracle of the son? Oh, Peter, can you look that up? And if, oh, October, oh my goodness, we're doing it on the same day. No, this is intended. So when Our Lady comes again, sent by her son, remember, on October 13th, and this is a particular day where there's a crowd of people there, and Our Lady appears, and she's dressed in her white garments and so forth. And Bernardo turns to her and says, the people don't believe that this is happening. Now, she becomes so sad that they do not believe that she's appearing to him that immediately her clothing changes and she appears instantly as Our Lady of Sorrows, and she begins to cry. Our Lady is crying because we are not believing that she's coming to us, in essence, is what we're hearing here. Now, she does warn Bernardo, and he eventually becomes a priest, Father Bernardo Martinez. He has since passed away. But she warns through him that because of your lack of response to my call for conversion, you are hastening the arrival of a third world war. So Our Lady comes and again on October 13th she weeps she shows herself as our lady of sorrows people are not responding she warns of a third world war now again when you hear these messages there are many people out there for years who would say well that would never happen that would never happen because we know that it would be mutual destruction we always hear that term you know mutual destruction but there are people out there there are tyrants and dictators in the world who are so far gone in cooperating with evil that to them watching the world burn just for the sake of watching the world burn is not so far off the rails for them because of where their mind and their heart are. They're not close to God. We have to understand when there are people out there who embrace, fight for, and defend, and shout from the rooftops their abortion, that it's okay to dismember or mutilate or behead or poison a baby in the womb of its mother, we have to realize that that culture of death can permeate many other hearts that are open to it that have turned their backs on God. So when Our Lady talks about a third world war, we need to be taking that much more seriously And also her remedy, which is prayer, fasting, conversion, and of course, the rosary. I'll back up real quick before I wrap this up, Adam. In Fatima, there was one thing that the Blessed Mother repeated in all six apparitions. It was the only thing that she repeated really each time, clearly. When you pray the rosary, you can bring peace to the world and you can avert war. Now, my question to the audience is how much do we really want peace in the world? And how much do we really want to avert war? If we really do want those things, 15 to 20 minutes a day of praying the rosary should be done
0: like that should not be a problem for us. Indeed, it it should not. And it's a very important question. And sometimes I get preoccupied, well, What are the other people doing? And well, first and foremost, Adam, it it starts with you. If if I'm not praying my rosary, I have no business being worried about what anyone else is doing because I'm neglecting my responsibility. Doug, once again, I mean, it's a very consistent message. The Blessed Mother calls us to conversion. She warns us of what will happen. If we do not, she's got a really good track record so far. So I don't know why we would be ignoring her. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, these are all church approved apparitions. So these messages are very clear for us. Uh, okay. I look forward to our next one. And I want to thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Adam. Again, I'm happy to be with you.
3: A prayer to our lady of Guadalupe. Our lady of Guadalupe, mystical rose, make intercession for holy church, protect the sovereign pontiff, Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, of sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life, of burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen.
0: It always seems like a little party in the radio studio when Corey Grizzle is with us. And so I guess it's party day today because Corey is here with us on Roadmap to Heaven. It is so great to see you again.
4: Thank you. I wish we had some, like, 90s party music, but that's probably not appropriate for... Catholic Radio. <laughs> it, it's
0: morning drive time. We can morning we, drive we can time. find some 90s party music. I'll, I'll make that a mission for next time. There you go. Today, we're talking about one of those hard subjects. You know, isn't that a theme in the church? Many found this teaching hard and walked away. And we want to acknowledge at the beginning that, yes, sometimes church teaching is hard, but that doesn't mean you should walk away. Uh, in fact, some of the greatest satisfaction is in saying we can do hard things. Uh, and, you know, so here to shed a little insight on the subject of Contraception for us is Corey Grizzle, and this is a hard one, Corey, because not only is it the church teaches this is wrong, don't use it, but it also requires us to have what may feel like an insane amount of trust in God's providence at times. Like you, you wait, hold on, you, you want me to do what? You, you, what? What is it? You, you and Todd have ten kids. We have ten, right?
4: We have yeah. one in heaven, so official count is eleven. So it's it's a little bit crazy when we um and we don't give these talks anymore but we we used to go and give talks at marriage preparation classes on contraception and and in that little section that they have during marriage preparation um and basically our our story about it um we we come from two different ideas about how we should plan our children and just um how a couple comes together to really understand and really figure out. And my biggest encouragement is to really read what the church teaches about it. So long story short, our story is that I came from one of six and Todd came from one of three and my family, most of my family, my my mother for sure, one of my sisters for sure, used natural family planning. They followed the church teaching. It was not a question for them. And I know that some others, I don't know all of their stories, so I can't you know, uh, say anything about that. But I, that, was the, that was the culture that I was raised in. Um, and, and Todd just had very different feelings about that, where, you know, we're really young. We really have no money. We really need to plan these things and, and understand. And, and the world has these options for us that we can choose. And we have lots of Catholic family members that I know are choosing this. So what is wrong with this? there's got to be some leeway the church has to teach some kind of leeway and the truth is that it doesn't and in 1968 when pope paul VI came out with humani vitae it's a very short sweet document anybody can read it anybody can pick it up and read it in an hour um i mean they can't understand it in an hour completely but they can figure out some things so it's very encouraging to really follow what god wants for us
0: yeah, I mean, I, I love the way you put that. There, there's not really leeway in this teaching. Like, okay, this is the teaching, unless X, Y, or Z. Right. It's Pope Paul the Six, Saint Paul the Six. Now, yes, uh, said uh, no. Oh, let's be very clear about this. And you know, it's one of those things. I remember, and, and I've shared this before. You know, we get married, and right away, in in the last months of our marriage prep, was that question of do we have any good reason for trying to delay. Pregnancy, or and, and the answer was no. It's like, all right, we're getting married. This is like when a, this is part of the whole reason we're getting married is to have kids right. with one another. Right. And so you know, first pregnancy test comes along, and we're like, yeah, this is amazing, this is <laughs> great. Second one, you know, we're like we're ready to try again. And uh, you know, it's like James had grown. He he wasn't quite toddling yet, but he was crawling. He was starting to speak. And it's like, all right, well, let's go for number two. And then they'll, they'll be best friends. And then. Uh, number three, even though it was a lot of joy because that came after a very difficult pregnancy and, and there was a lot of fear, but there was a lot of joy at that positive pregnancy test. And as we tell the story, number four and five, we eventually cried tears of joy, but at first there <laughs> were tears of fear.
4: Yes.
0: You know, and uh, speaking of 80s and 90s rock groups, <laughs> tears, <laughs> tears of fear. No, uh, <laughs> but, but that, where are we, you know, like now we're talking new vehicle. Addition to the house, or moving, and, and all of these things, and just saying, "All right, Lord, we know you you have a reason for this, but how on earth are we supposed to do this?" And yet, here we are. On, you know, our youngest is about to turn six, and it's like, "Well, okay, we're we're okay. God's taking care of us here."
4: Right. This the document of humanitae is is so prophetic in many different ways, but in this one, spoke to me personally because I we were the same way where. The babies were coming and then we go, hold up a minute. Okay, now we understand that that this is the calling of married couples, that we are to be open to life. It's in our vows. We took that vow. We should continue to be open to life. However, what is that leeway? Is there leeway? So we did. We looked at the document. We had some groups and we studied We studied with some groups um, and discussed quite a bit. Um, because there's there's this idea that when you become Catholic, you should just be open to all the babies all the time. And there are, in that document, it says there are serious reasons for you to avoid. However, again, in the church's wisdom, it does not tell you what those reasons are. It does not say if you make 30% of, you know, (laughs) whatever the average um, income is in your country, then you can avoid having children. It doesn't say if you have mental abilities that cause you to go into the hospital, then you may have, you know, you may avoid children. It, it says in there, and I, I didn't pull it up for the quote, but it does say in there that you are to prayerfully consider what those serious reasons are. So how do you prayerfully consider that? Well, the two of you have to discuss. I'm going to go crazy if I have another one because we cannot organize the children that we have now. Right. Um, and then you go to your priest and you say, what are the serious reasons? And they may have a beautiful story about what their, you know, what other um, parishioners went through or the teachings in a little bit more depth. Um, Follow some people that you really respect and say, what was your story? You know, try and really get into the depth of that because it has to be ultimately the two of your decisions to say, this is a really serious reason and we're not stopping having children, we're just going to avoid it for a little while until we can resolve these things with prayer with time
0: yeah i know for us it was after that difficult pregnancy the doctor is saying best body needs time to heal yes we're not saying no more children in the future we're just saying in the immediate future she needs time right to heal and it's like grave reason uh saying hey you know we were thinking about taking an extended weekend down at the lake uh yeah. and, and this, you know about nine months or not. probably i'm willing to venture not a grave reason Right I'm not a moral ethicist but i'm i'm pretty I'm pretty confident in that one, so it is something that as Corey said friends, lots of prayer, lots of discernment, and uh you know i let me ask you this question in closing, one in heaven and ten here on earth, do you have any regrets about having ten not kids? not a
4: single one no, I never regret the children that I have you know and, and I'm not sure I could regret the children I didn't have because I really didn't have any time in between there. We had children every other year. And by that ninth one, there was um, between nine and ten, there were almost five years. So I thought I was done then.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> but, then the Lord said, surprise, Corey. Right, <laughs>
4: surprise. You can have one in your forties. It's fine. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So no, I never regret. And and I have come across many, many people who, you know, marvel at my six, seven, eight, nine, ten children. And um, and then they say, Oh, I wish I'd had more. I wish, I wish I knew that I could handle it, that I'd had more. So people regret the children they don't have.
0: So for those of you listening that are you know, maybe struggling with the church's teaching on this, take it from us. Follow the church's teaching. No regrets.
4: It's a beautiful life.
0: All right. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to take a break here on the show. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And, Corey, I can't wait until you are back with us again.
3: Thank you. Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love
0: Here is our Catequiz question today. How many years ago did Saint Paul VI, Pope St. Paul VI issue Humanae Vitae? Corey and I were just talking about it. How many years ago was that? The document was issued on July 25th, 1968. So for those of you who are quick at math, it will be 55 years ago this July, 55 years ago. A document that, you know, Corey said it, I wanna say it again. Take the time to read it if you've never read it. It's an important document. Um, not only did he write about the things we talked about regarding uh, contraception, but he talked about the the bad fruit that would be born from a culture that does utilize it. And, I, you know, prophetic is a word that I often hear and I, I would use to, to talk about what he saw as the consequence of this contraceptive mentality uh permeating through our culture. And so do please take the time to read that. We're going to get you another check of the weather here, and then our daily dose of encouragement.
3: A prayer for greater love of Jesus. O my Jesus, thou knowest well that I love thee, but I do not love thee enough. O grant that I may love thee more. O love that burnest ever and never failest, my God, thou who art charity itself, enkindle in my heart that divine fire which consumes the saints and transforms them into thee. Amen. May the sacred heart of Jesus be loved in every place.
0: It's a good time to pause on this Thursday. And as we begin this month of May, we have been exploring titles of the Blessed Mother with Patty Schneier here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty, what title will we look at today?
5: Well, we have visited Al in Germany, Our Lady of Alquita in Japan, Our Lady of Chestakova in Poland. But today we're not going to go very far. We are going to talk about Our Lady of Good Help. And this, the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, is located in Champ. Wisconsin, in the Diocese of Green Bay. And this is on the site where Our Lady appeared three times to a Belgian-born woman, Adele briese in the year 1859. Now, this apparition was formally approved just in 2010 by Bishop Ricken, and it is the first Marian apparition approved by the Catholic Church in the United States. But again, many of us don't even know about it, and this would be a great pilgrimage site if you're going up to Wisconsin. Stop in and see it, but here's the story behind it. In October 1859, While walking in the woods, 28-year-old Adele reported seeing a woman clothed in white and standing between two trees, a hemlock and a maple. Adele described the woman as surrounded by a bright light clothed in dazzling white with a yellow sash around her waist and a crown of stars above her flowing hair. She was frightened, and she prayed until it would disappear because she was afraid of it. So she told her parents about it, and they said that perhaps a poor soul might be in need of prayers. The following Sunday, on her way to Mass, she saw the apparition again a second time, so she asked her parish priest for advice. He said, If you should see it again, ask, In the name of God, who are you and what do you wish of me? Sure enough, returning from Mass that same day, she saw the apparition a third time, and she asked the question. And Our Lady replied, I am the queen of heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. She was also given a mission. This is what Our Lady told Adele to do. Gather the children in this wild country and teach them what they should know for salvation. So Adele devoted the rest of her life to teaching children first going house to house and then establishing a school. There is also, however, a miracle associated with Our Lady of Good Help, and I thought this was incredible. Lumber companies at the time and sawmills had been harvesting the woods near, near of course, the Wisconsin area, and they would leave piles of sawdust and branches. And on the night of October 8, 1871, a firestorm just erupted near pashtigo Wisconsin, and it spread throughout the woods and towns, and it consumed everything in its path. Unable to outrun the flames, nearly 2,000 people died in this inferno, and driven by strong winds, the firestorm even leaped across Green Bay and began burning the settlement in, Door, in the Door Peninsula. So what happened was it threatened the chapel of Our Lady of Good Help, and Adele Breeze refused to leave, and instead she organized a procession to beg the Virgin Mary for her protection. The surrounding land, all around the land, was destroyed. In total, 1.5 million acres across 16 communities were all destroyed. But not those who were in the chapel and on the chapel grounds they were saved. They all survived unharmed. So what's the message for us? First of all, the message of Our Lady. I loved it. Gather the children in this wild country and teach them what they should know for salvation. Does that not apply to us right now? I think we have a wild country in some sense of the word. So we need that now more than ever. So let's be bold and intentional about teaching our children the faith. And then ask for Our Lady's help and intercession in teaching them. And then finally, go to her for protection whenever you feel afraid.
0: Patty, these are such simple lessons that we sometimes forget, but we would be very wise to remember. And I love that this is a devotion. As we talk about the global church, this is right in our backyard. So what a wonderful reflection for us today. As we draw to a close today, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to the witness of so many couples I know who struggle with infertility and yet stay true to the church's teachings. I, you know, I recognize that it's easy for me as a father of five to sit here at this microphone and talk about being open to life. And, you know, we have several close friends who have longed and grieved for children, and, you know, the world says do this, do that, do that, and offers all of these promises that they know are not in accordance with the teachings of our faith, and they choose that faith, even when that teaching is hard. And I want to thank them for that witness. It is truly inspiring. Let's pray to close out the show today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll have even more Roadmap to Heaven for you then. In the meantime, you can check out the replay of this show on the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And did you know about our other Covenant Network podcasts, such as Exploring Church History with Monsignor Michael Witt? The Splendor of You with Debbie Sansone-Shilaprizi, The Lives of the Saints with Tom Shrewsbury, and more. For a full list of our podcasts, visit ourcatholicradio.org and click on Programs. And you can find those wherever as well. We do ask, when you go to our podcast, please click Like, click Subscribe, click Follow. It really helps us out. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.